hello, Dylan. How are you doing? We can just open with a greeting, I reckon. Yeah, that's a good one. Hello, everybody. If uh, if we do end up, yeah, depending on how this goes, really. Um, we're, Hello uh, to at least the guys in the reside chat that we're going to show this to, because if this do, if we don't air this one, this will still be the pitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, hello at least to Ariel, Saleh, and Will. We haven't even got a name for this thing yet. No, no. This is ju- You just called me up this morning, you're like, you want to talk some shit? Yeah. So, I guess we should talk about what this actually is. So, I uh, had an idea, and I called up Dylan, and I pitched... I, I, we have we have a lot of we do music things. Maybe that's how we should start this. We're, I'm I'm a, I'm a musician and you're a musician and we play music together and and we play uh, music with a bunch of our buds who also play music. Yeah. So and 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 in that time we've played music together. We've you know travelled and we've made friends with people. And sometimes it might be cool to get some of those friends on and talk about their lives and and what common interests we have and. Um, I don't know, D- Dylan, who has a knack for just talking and, and being able to, um, Saleh once compared me to Joe Rogan and that, that I might not particularly know much about anything, but I'll talk about it. Exactly. If you give me an inch. <laughs> so I thought who better to do this with uh, than Dylan. And, um, we're basically just gonna, I don't know, have a bit of fun, you know? Talk. It's just a bit of a shit talk, you know? Exactly. Who doesn't like to listen to a shit talk? Especially if you can feel like... Like, my favourite thing about podcasts is when you're driving, you don't have to be actively conversing with anyone, but you can still be like, ha yeah, laughing with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, so we're going to just, we're going to just shoot the shit for like 40 minutes or so. I actually should set a timer, hey? That would be a smart thing to do. Yeah, because we might go well overboard. We may go well overboard. Um, but yeah, we're just going to, you know, sit and talk for the next 40 or so minutes and, um... Yeah, hopefully it's something that's interesting. Hopefully you, you you find it informative if you are followers of what we do. And, you know, also just like, like I said, it's a bit of fun. So it's all a bit of fun. Yeah. And that's all it ever is. No, I got this call from Liam this morning. He's like, hey, it would be cool to do something where we can just talk some shit and maybe talk some shit with like, you know, musician mates of ours, which I actually think would be a really fun idea to do. Like if we could just bring a fucking you know, one microphone, a uh, bus powered interface and a laptop on tour, we could do it like interstate. Yeah, we could do it on the road. Of, yeah, just for a bit of shit talk. Yeah, in exactly. The, on the drive, although probably all you hear is like... <laughs> from like the van. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, oh, yeah, um, so I, get the, I got this call from Liam this morning and he was just like, yeah, we should do something where, you know, we should try and set this up. And I was like, oh, fuck it. What are you doing tonight, man? <laughs> and you like, just happen just, to be watching The Godfather... Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm just binge watching the Godfather trilogy today. You do what you got to do, and we'll talk some shit, and we might talk about the Godfather. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how was that? Uh, eight. So you'd already watched the first one. I watched but, number one last night. Yeah. yeah. And then you you were planning on watching them today, and so you just you plowed through essentially five to six hours worth of film. Um, really classic, iconic film. Um, but also very like very. It's not particularly fast paced, which is fine because it lures you in by like, it's very, very heavily, like there's no scene there or no shot there that's like misplaced. Like everything that's there is there for a reason. So you get drawn into it for that aspect. But also me, who's like definitely got attention deficit something. I like get fucking distracted. I like, I just stop thinking. I stop reading the subtitles or something. And then I'm like, shit, I've missed like eight seconds of dialogue. And that's enough to fucking throw you off in this franchise. Oh, absolutely. And, and many other films, many other films like it. So yeah, that how was how was the experience? Was it was, how, how are you feeling now? Are you even, are you exhausted at this point, or are you still go, good to go? 
I just got my second wind, funnily enough, <laughs> right before this call. I'm not sure what happened, but oh. I'm just feeling, I feel the wind in my lungs and under my wings and I'm just raring to go. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. no, I'm feeling, I'm actually feeling all right. Like I was feeling pretty exhausted when I first called you because it was like credits were rolling for the third and I was like, time to call Liam. And I was like, oh, hey man. But, um, but no, now I'm feeling refreshed and it's good because now we've talked some shit about something that's not the Godfather. I kind of feel refreshed and now I can look back on it as if it's like actually a memory, not something that I did today. <laughs> <laughs> no one really likes looking back on their day on the day because it's probably a bad sign that the day is not going well if you're already, if you're already looking in hindsight. <laughs> you know what I think is a funny thought? Like what, what we're doing right now, like essentially what you, you're doing is what we tried to avoid doing when we were in school. Like you, you and you've watched something, and now you have to give your report on it because we decided to talk about it on a podcast. Like, <laughs> I just think yeah. that's an interesting thought. Yeah, well, I actually all this and more on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, fun little tidbit. Like, I used to, I used to really detest that shit because I was like it's so dry and boring. But when I took lit class in year nine with <laughs> as the teacher, she was. Uh, like she was actually a really, really good teacher and gave a shit. And the content that we were learning was actually really, really interesting content. Like there was a graphic novel in there that was pretty good. And so then, then I really, really got my dick hard about it. So through years <laughs> 10, 11, 12, I just fucking, I love reporting back on this shit. Even if I don't read the content material. <laughs> in in oh a way, God. it's almost like those were lessons on how to socialize like and, and be interesting. You know what I mean? Like, there weren't lessons about how to write. It was, it's just about how to be interesting as a person and how to talk about interesting things. Man, that's actually... That's not... That's pretty bang on now yeah. that I think about it. Man, maybe I'm... Okay. Fuck! A bit more of a thanks. Social studies, bro. So, or maybe we're just giving them too much credit, but... Uh, <laughs> Typical just, ass putting something too, too much under the lens. That's we need just, to draw it back. That's just but, humanity. But speaking of humanity, we, we watched The Godfather. Yeah, and speaking of putting things under the lens, one observation I'd love to make right off the bat is that a lot of the Italian music, while it's great, it's fucking obnoxious and relentless. Like, even in the funeral scenes, there's c**ts on the cymbals and the snare drums that are just going hell for leather <laughs> while they're carrying the goddamn casket. And I'm trying to think that this is supposed to be a very somber moment. These guys are just... <laughs> it's dramatic. It's dramatic. It's theatrical. It's very theatrical, don't get me wrong, but I was just like, Jesus Christ, no one bang trash can lids at my fucking funeral, please. <laughs> <laughs> do you want how do we how do we talk about this? Do we talk about uh like just well, we, do we start with one? Like I I'm just like the experience I uh, for me, I guess I'm thinking about the experience as a whole because I've gone through it in such succession. Like true. one after the other after the other as much as I could. Um What do you think your favorite one out of the three is? Poor. Going into this viewing, I felt like it was number one. Um, then that's just because I'm like I'm a little purist at heart. But they're all really, really good in their own respect. And at the start of number two and number three, those parts where I was like, man, this isn't like the last one. This is going to kind of suck. But then the more it got on, I was like, no, this is its own thing. And this is going to fucking rock. So, and yeah. it did. Um, I should mention that I, I've only seen... So, I've seen the first one twice... And I'll explain why I, I watched it by myself and then I was going like on, I think it was Netflix. I watched it on, it only had the first one on Netflix and not part two or part three. 
That's and horse it, shit when they do that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't have Stan at the time. I, I, I now do. But for the longest time, I didn't realize that all three parts were on Stan. So then I watched it. I was thinking maybe I should just start it from, from the start again. It had been, it'd been so long that I was like, I need a refresher. <laughs> and plus, it was a good time to um, watch it with my, my girlfriend, so um, who was also watching it for the first time. So... Yeah, so I've only seen it for the first uh, for the first time recently, and but this is like your second or third viewing of these movies. I think it's like, yeah, at least third for the first, and maybe second or third for the second and third, yeah. respectively. Question for you though. Yeah. So, like, at what at what age or what point was this when you saw it for the first time? Uh this was like this year. This year, okay. Yeah. So. I like I saw it for the first time ten years ago. So how did how did you go? How did you feel? going into it and, like, experiencing that for the first time as an adult, what sort of an effect did that have on you? Well, it's interesting, like, so I'm, I'm a big... I, I have seen, you know, many... I've seen Goodfellas and, and I've seen Taxi Driver. I've seen lots of Scorsese films. And I know this is... It's not... It's just, you know, Francis Ford Coppola. But, I, I you know, I had this idea of, like, a, what, what a gangster movie, you know, should be. And, and thinking maybe it was going to be something similar. But it, it did... It did subvert my expectations in a way because, you know, watching it, it, it wasn't what I expected. It, it was, it was better. It was, uh, it's, it sort of felt like it had more substance. It was theatrical, as I said before. It's a lot more um, graceful in. Yeah, yeah, does. exactly. And the way that it, it's paced as well, and and the way it's, it's not an action film. It's something that's very calculated, much like Michael Corleone's thinking, like the way he strategizes and stuff. So, um, and and. I think all three movies are kind of structured in very similar ways. You know, there's always like a very clear event and a succession of events happening at the end, like the end of all those movies. There's always basically something where like, it's like a switch, you know, like, and three moves, like three people die basically. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like like, one swift motion and it costs a lot of lives sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, um, I, I do, I do understand why they're so classic, why they're, as iconic as they are, I didn't realize um, the actual span of like wh- like when the first movie came out to when like the third movie came. I didn't realize how long it had actually been. The and third movie was like tw- twenty years later or fifteen yeah, years later exactly. or some shit. It's and and like you see it in the like the actors like faces, you know, like how much they've grown in that time. I was real upset Robert Duvall didn't come back for number three. Yeah, me too. I was like looking forward to him, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, Tom, he died." And I'm like. That, what the fuck? Like, how did yeah. he die? He was like, he was like the one admirable member of that family. 100%. Everyone else sucked. <laughs> yeah, he was the actual true heir to like being the don, the don. For sure, for um, shiz. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I still, I think personally, there's something about the second one that I think, I feel like it's the most hype, isn't it? Because it's, it's the one with Robert De Niro. It's the one that sort of tells the start of the story essentially yeah actually i did make a note on that because i felt that it was odd that we were getting all of this now rather than the first movie i guess that would have made the first movie like fucking three and a half four hours long yeah but and, and well i don't understand why they well, you know why he thought to structure it like that i'm not maybe to highlight what well, like something i think that there's there's probably there's probably parallels between um uh, De Niro's arc and uh, Pacino's arc, like their characters' arcs, to sort of. I think that they might run a little bit parallel because we're learning about um, uh, how 
what's his name? Vito. Vito comes to America to, you know, make a better life for himself. And then, you know, how he sort of gets all, end up, ends up in the organized crime industry and stuff like that. And you've got Michael, who's a character who, uh, at the start of the first one, didn't want anything to do with the family business. And now at the end of the first one, he's running it. So start of the second one, he's running it. And it's about him sort of, you know, even though he's well and truly like, He's like your Walter White or, you know, he's like, he's the guy. He's the anti-hero. So, yeah, circa season five where he's like, he's really, really running it cold and calculating like a businessman from the get-go. But it's kind of uh, just interesting to see, you know, how, I guess how he's stepping into the shoes and he's constantly living in his uh, father's shadow because everyone in that movie comes up to him and they're like, ah, Vito was a good man. We had a good relationship and him kind of breaking those ties that his father had made to step up into his own next level of shit. I think my favorite part about number two is uh, like the parallels in the story and how it's structured in number two, like basically how certain problems that are affecting Michael Corleone, you know, affected Vito Corleone in a different way, you know, and, yeah. and the way, and the way that they transition between those two time, like those two time periods I still reckon, though, I would have liked that information. Uh, I would have liked it chronologically. Still. Yeah, I, 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 that was going to be my next question for you. I, would you have preferred basically what happened in two to be told in, like, one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yes. Because, like, again, like, I know that would make a long-ass movie. But, I mean, for me, who's going to sit here and binge the series in a day anyway? You know, I just... That, or, that well, makes... Well, I mean, also, like, the... If we're if we're living in that experience of how long those movies came out, you know, we who's who's watching Godfather two again and again in like twenty years later, you know, after number two, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it, exactly. You know, that movie might have been. I, I don't know if people were expecting number three or. Like, I don't I, think I don't think that they were because I think that number one and two were the ones that were based off the novels by Mario Puzo. Yeah, I don't think number three had a novel. I'm actually gonna. Search that. No, I'm not going to search that. It's going to take way too long. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to cut it out. Yeah. Um, but so I don't think, and I remember from like what uh, my mom and my stepdad used to say um, about these movies was like that they thought that the third was like the worst. And Yeah, I, 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 I have to agree. I think sort of in the same way that I think Return of the Jedi is the worst of the trilogy. It's not that it's a bad movie at all. It the like the movie is very enjoyable. It's really good. Um it definitely deserves to be a part of the trilogy. Yeah. It's just one has to come last. Every chain has to have like a weak link, you know. Exactly. Uh, which is unfortunate. And like, look, in that respect, I do agree, but they used to say it like, Ooh, I don't like the Godfather three. And I'm like watching it today. I, as a kid, I kind of agreed because like I said, the first time I watched this was fucking 10 years ago. Um, so I kind of really didn't get it. But watching today, I was like, this is huge. What are they talking about? And it's the only film in which you really see Al Pacino smile in the entire nine goddamn hours of the Godfather (laughs) movies. You get it like in the last half hour when he's an old man, like, and he knows that he's pretty much about to die. <laughs> Isn't that interesting though? That he's, you know, that that is the only time when he's finally relieved, you know, because you spend he spends all of number three basically having these like, you know, is it like heart attacks or strokes? I can't remember. Like di- diabetic strokes. That's yeah. right, di- diabetic strokes. Um, you know, he spends that's introduced all throughout the start of that movie, and at that. You know, right at that very end, it's the the time when he actually is he's, he's smiling and he's relieved and he's not stressed. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's like to paint the picture of how stressful running that empire was and like that there is an element of him still that didn't want to do it, but he felt some obligation to take care of his family, which is yeah. like also there's probably a bigger part of him that just wanted to do it for himself and his ego. But but the one thing with number three as well was that they didn't nearly emphasize uh, the cousin dating thing enough as a taboo. It was just kind of like these two cousins were the first cousins were fucking. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that actually really confused me a lot. And I was going to bring it up because I wasn't sure if like cousin loving was frowned upon or not because of how they were portraying it in the movie. Like they didn't, like you said, they didn't make it enough of a taboo to suggest that like what was going on was actually wrong. Cause I'm watching it thinking, Oh, was that okay back then? Or like, you know what I mean? Like it made me question. The most emphasis we got was from Al Pacino when he says, he's, he says to his daughter, you can't, you, you can't date him. He's your first cousin. And she's like, Oh, well I'll date him first then or something like that. Yeah. And then that, and then they just like, and then they just pretty much, you know, he keeps saying, don't get involved with my daughter. But after that point, it's because he's in the family business because he's like, I don't want my daughter wrapped up in this shit. Not because exactly. you guys are fucking related, dude. And it's weird. So I, I don't know if he's trying to suggest that it's okay in Italian culture to be, you know, it, it, it's weird because they try and justify it by being like, oh, well, like, we're not like really like blood and, you know, like at, it's at the start of the movie. Yeah. Some bullshit. They, they, no, some they're bullshit. definitely blood. They're definitely... Their parents are brother and sister or something. No, brother yeah. and brother because he's Sonny's kid. So, yeah, they're definitely blood related. It's very, very weird stuff. And the other thing is that when she comes up to him at the start of the movie, she's like, oh, you don't remember me? The first time you saw me, we were in a wedding when I was eight, which is uh, which was, um, Connie's wedding at the start of the first Godfather film. And she was like, yeah, you were 15. And she's implying that they like fooled around or like made out or something like that. He's yeah. like, I had a lot of girlfriends. And she was like, what, eight-year-olds? And he was like, yeah, especially eight-year-olds. And then they cut the scene. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so weird. It's <laughs> so weird. I'm so glad that you are saying this because I, I was like going mad going, huh, they're making it out like this is all okay. And I'm just sitting there going, this is not. I'm not like, sure if that's a product of its time thing or if it's like, or if it's just something else entirely. I'd like to look yeah, into it Yeah, that's what more. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder how that was received if it wasn't, um, wasn't a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess they're still like really religiously critically acclaimed. So it couldn't have had that much impact on the, uh, on the film's success. Yeah, exactly. Actually, no, this movie did a really, really good job of, um, this series rather did a really, really good job of painting, the mafia with this, like, you know, these rose tinted shades where, you know, what they're doing is they're putting money back into the community. And when they're saying, oh, you know, if we have to get involved with drugs, we keep it away from the schools, we keep it away, mm. which of course means that they're just probably targeting uh, low income ethnic areas. Yeah. <laughs> they, do, but- they do a really good job of romanticizing that, like, they're keeping the American dream alive single handedly. But, like, the more that I thought about that and then the more that I was watching the movie, especially like when they're getting involved with their po- uh, politician friends and stuff like that having meetings with them and stuff. And especially in the third one where Michael Corleone's trying to be like completely legitimate and stuff like that. The there's that parallel between like, yeah, these guys were outlaws and criminals and it was kind of, kind of make me think, yeah, but the politicians are all doing the same thing and stuff like that. Uh, like it's just two systems. They're two sides of the same coin. And one of them's, one of them's just on the wrong side. It could be completely flipped and be the other way around. It's the legitimate businessman from the Simpsons. <laughs> But uh, I've in lockdown. I've been watching a lot of uh, 
classic Simpsons on Disney Plus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm giving that money to that mouse. Sorry. Yeah, House um, of Mouse. Disrespect. House of Mouse. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like watching those episodes with the the legitimate businessmen, like with the mafia, essentially, is yeah, it's been yeah. really good to watch. Like and like now seeing it through the lens of. I've seen The Godfather now, so I actually know what this is being parodied. And, like, seeing the direct, like, physical comparisons, like, being drawn on screen. Like, yeah, yeah. When they very just cool. completely rip a, rip a frame and just animate it into the show. I love that shit, man. There's, a, yeah. there's an Instagram that does, like, side-by-side comparisons of those, and I live for it. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, you got to send me that link, bro. Yeah, yeah. That link. Send me that link. Hit you with that IG, dog. Like, literally, that's just the biggest advantage to watching a shitload of movies is you will start to get every Simpsons reference. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, that, I mean, that is what happened to me. But sometimes, though, you kind of, like, feel like once you've seen, like, the Simpsons episodes and, like, all the other pop culture parodies, you know, you sort of almost feel like you've seen the movie Without actually have seeing the movie, one hundred percent. Actually, I've gone into viewings with only my knowledge of The Simpsons to reference Planet of the Apes. There's your first one. I think that's yeah. like the earliest Pulp one fiction. that I can think of. Pulp Fiction, definitely. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, because I knew that they did a little Tarantini cartoon with um, Itchy and yeah. Scratchy. The like, list is endless. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other actually piece of media that I saw that um, relating to The Godfather that I um, I was watching recently. I'd never seen this before. Um, the movie with Billy Crystal and Robert De Niro analyzed that. Oh, analyze this. Yeah, analyze the this first and one. Analyze that. So yeah. Yeah. So the first one I saw that one um, like really re- like a few weeks ago. That's on my to watch list on Stan actually. Well, now after watching The Godfather, watching this movie because it's like a it's a mobster, it's based around you know the mob kind of thing. I didn't know that. It's, okay. Yeah. I Rob, have no so Robert knowledge Niro, of this movie. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but. So nah, that's cool. yeah, he's, he's the mob boss, and um, there's like so many actors that were in like you know you you know Godfellas and um in the Godfather as well, like just like all the actors that just like are in all of those movies that just like come back this movie as well playing mobsters. Yeah, yeah. So it's like kind of like a mobster comedy, and then you've got, but you've got the actual mobster actors coming in and doing the part. Yeah, so it's yeah like exactly. It's, yeah, they yeah. really sell you on the mobster element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm just sick. like after you know watching Godfather, it's just like seeing all those actors that I'd seen play you know these roles beforehand. Well, I'd totally. I know, it's just cool. I'd totally forgotten De Niro was in the second Godfather film, and so they show that first flashback, and I was like, "Holy shit, is that Robert De Niro?" And then uh, as soon as I heard him talk as Vito Corleone, I was like, "Ah, of course, no one else would have done it. Like he does it perfectly." Yeah, I, I think he's actually a really, really good mirror for like a young Marlon Brando, except way skinnier yeah. than Marlon Brando was. I got to see. I got to go watch Apocalypse now. Like again, like I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. I haven't seen him. In- ages either and i've got like the the final cut sitting up here on blu-ray that i haven't watched yet and i'm a sucker for just any like any different cut if, to a movie that i've seen a million times when i was 14 i'll be like yes give me that extra well, that, content i mean that's the movie that had all the cuts right that's the one that made cuts and different cuts of movies a thing right yeah yeah they had the theatrical and then they had redux and then this is the final so i'm not sure what the uh and i you know I haven't gone searching for what it actually is or what the differences are. I just kind of want to spot them for myself. But yeah, yeah. so I'm pr- I'm pretty keen for it. I also did the same thing with the um with the original Blade Runner movie because that that had like a bunch of different cuts as well, or like yeah. three main ones. And yeah, honestly, like it, I never thought I'd be that guy that'd be like, oh wow, this cut's so much better than the other cuts. But 
genuinely the final cut for Blade Runner. I'm like, yeah, it's improved on every aspect, <laughs> on every plane. So I'll just read through what else I've got here. Like I said, a lot of my a lot of the things that I really liked about this film were in its casting. Like I was just watching Al Pacino, and I was like, yeah, he was he's perfect because he's like he's very subtle in his acting, but he did a pretty good job of portraying the the shift in the first uh, film from. Michael, I don't want to be in the family business, Corleone, to Michael, I am the family business, Corleone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good Walter White comparison. <laughs> but like, also, also I, I think, yeah, I think Al Pacino, um, like his journey as well and, and his, uh, his path that he takes as an actor, you know, and as a character, I should say, you know, th- throughout the three films is pretty spectacular. Even just like, even just individually, each movie, his, his, yeah, there's a trajectory. Diff- there's a different side to him in each film, which is like, like I really like the third one. Really, for me, does feel like Michael's redemption. Like he's trying to make it right. He's trying to be legit, and he just like can't. For sure. Every time I'm out, they pull me back in. Heartbreaking when that happens. Again, that isn't that whole thing like parried parodied as well. Like every time I I like try to get out, they pull me back in. It's yeah, like yeah. a trope that happens. That's actually, the, I think the first time of, I saw that was in a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. George does it. And uh, they do that like whole gangster. episode on The Godfather where Kramer becomes the Godfather to, it's the episode oh, with that's the big right. man. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that episode. The Briss, yeah. The Briss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They massacred my boy. <laughs> <laughs> We are, we reference we reference the Seinfeld in our house like so much like we had we would literally we had dip this afternoon and like the double dip the chip <laughs> reference came up multiple times. I love that. I, I was like also I hadn't seen the episode before I'd heard of the double dipping thing because someone called me out on it when I was like young and I was like what you're not allowed to do that and then I saw the Seinfeld episode and I was like if this is what it's from pff, fuck that I'm gonna double dip. <laughs> <laughs> obviously don't now because of COVID yeah obviously yeah. Oh, yeah. it just got grim although you probably could now because it's just like you just have to just eat dip on your own you know I did I who man, else is going to eat it I missioned through a kilo of hummus the other night <laughs> 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 it was terrible oh, it oh was, my it was god so it's it. so much chickpea yeah dude I, what's, <laughs> what's the difference between a chickpea and a kidney bean what I haven't had a kidney bean on my face. <laughs> That's so fucked. We can't keep that in there. <laughs> I told That's that so at the dinner table. To just bleep it out. Just bleep it out. Yeah. I told it at the dinner table to my little stepbrothers once, and they were like 16 and 14. I was like, "That's the right age to hear this joke." And my parents kind of gave me this look, <laughs> but they fucking lost it. <laughs> so I couldn't get in Jesus. trouble. <laughs> It's so good finally being the older brother after so many years of not... Of not yeah, of having your older brother, yeah, be that to you. <laughs> you can pass the torch on. Yeah, exactly. So now that... Because you got like two stepbrothers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, uh, they're like 10 and 8 years younger than me, respectively. Yeah. So then the... So that the next one will will punish the younger one after that. So <laughs> that's no, that's pretty, the way it goes, right? They're, they're pretty civil with each other for all intents and purposes, from what I see anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes me isn't think. it weird how that happens? I, I'm an only child, so I don't understand this at all. But isn't it weird how... You know, some siblings get along and then some, like, just don't. It's, yeah, it was, well, for me, it was, like, 
you know, not, not that Alec and I didn't get along, but it was just like for me, siblings that were like best mates, I was like, the fuck is this? I thought that was really weird. And then I grew up and found out that that was like a really common thing. And I was like, what the fuck? So what else you been doing in your life? How's, how's music? What you, you're a musician. What, what, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I've been up to, uh, I do like one, one little music thing a day. And you know, if I don't feel up to writing like an entire song, I usually just import the, um, instrumental version of a Chili's track and like, you know, singing white boy rap along to it. And that's, <laughs> that's pretty fun. Yeah, for Cause me. you kind of got like, you kind of got the Kaedis thing going on. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, well, when I had long hair, everyone was like, Oh, you look, the first person that ever told me that I looked like Anthony Kiedis was the second girl I ever kissed. It was sick. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was dope. But I love that for you. I'll always look. So anytime anyone compliment gave me that compliment, I was always like, ah, oh, thank you. Only good memories with this compliment. <laughs> Do you remember Nostalgia. your second kiss? Uh, I don't even think I remember my first kiss, to be honest with you. Dude, I was wasted. I didn't even remember my forest. <laughs> yeah, it was like only, I feel like it was only like a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So you've been you've been singing over Red Hot Chili Peppers things. So like, what like what what era of Chili Peppers are we talking here? Like, are we talking Blood Sugar is my favorite Chili's era. Yep. Um, which is and I like and I won't deny that um, Californication is the better album, but I just mm-hmm. enjoy the uh, how much kind of like hard funk influence there seems to be in. Um, in that era of chilies and like yeah. uh, California. I mean, become- I love, I love, um, which one is it? One hot minute is probably one of my favorite. That um, was like a criminally underrated chilies. Everyone hated it because of uh, Dave Navarro or whatever, but yeah, no, I really liked that album, this but, um, but one. also, yeah, I like California and, but blood, yeah, blood sugar, sex magic is for me. It's just, there. yeah, for me, it's just like, there's so much groove to it. And it's just a lot of, it's just Cadis yelling, which is good because that's the stuff I can cover, you know? Yeah. Madden in the motherfucking politician. You know, I got, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> but, uh, that's pretty much it musically. You know, I'll write the odd tune here and I'll, you know, send it to, send it to you guys or I'll send it through to Vatic or I'll just keep it for myself. And then the rest of the time I'm just covering shit and trying to stay busy and stay happy. Fuck yeah. Yeah. How about you, That's man? Mad. What's been doing? Uh, weird. It's, it's been weird because like I've been doing like lots of different things, sort of like you, I've been trying to just like make like a thing a day. So like it doesn't, and it doesn't even have to be like for anything. It's just like just for whatever yourself. my brain. Yeah, exactly. Um, which has been like really kind of therapeutic and cathartic. I was going to say lethargic, but that's not <laughs> what I meant. Cathartic. Um, yeah. So, uh, I've been making a lot of, uh, I've been kind of going back to like the hip hop and electronica thing for a little bit. Um, and just like grooving out on that. Um, and just like trying to practice like being like a producer again. Cause like, it's been a minute since I, uh, I've done that. And I've been listening to like a lot of hip hop and, and, uh, electronic pop. And I can hear it in some of the stuff that you're putting up in the, uh, in like the pre pros files. I can definitely hear that. Yeah. Influence. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, whereas like it's, it's sort of been like a weird journey this year of like indie rock to like new wave and then like, you know, uh, going into now like back into hip hop and rapping and stuff like that. I don't know. It's and post punk and, and, and revisiting heavy stuff again. And, yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been weird, but uh, 
I, I just kind of just have been doing whatever. So like I, I did like a, <laughs> I did like a stupid heavy track. Um, was that a the few one you, weeks you ago. sent me the other week? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like some stupid like filth thing. <laughs> and I, I, I think I posted it on my Instagram. Um, it was just me chugging in drop F for like a minute. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, and then we've been been writing stuff, writing new reside material, which has been cool. But well, hopefully, I don't know. We'll see. I, no, we're telling you it's cool. <laughs> cool. If you don't like it, all you're right. a fucking loser. So, <laughs> look, all we're right. the greatest band. We got to put it. We got to put out. This is our PSA. Actually, we got to put this out. We're just letting you know that we've decided to, you know, drop any and all lame elements from our music and make it only cool from now on. And so, yeah, true. If you don't like it, then I guess it just means you don't like cool shit, which is fine. You can yeah. be that lame if you want, but which is fine because we've got many side bands to cater to your needs. <laughs> Yeah, you just wait. You just if, wait. To if see. you want the if you want the old reside, we'll just give you you know last place. <laughs> if you want something fuck off heavy, we'll give you uh, slam dusty. And you know what? There's going to be a lot more where that came from as well. Exactly. <laughs> so I should have I should have bleeped slam dusty. I should have. I'll have to bleep that again. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of censorship. In our, uh, in our yeah, it's unbelievable the censorship wave that Liam's been riding. We're really trying to push the envelope on this next release, yeah. You know, so we've been. I remember I was listening to the Animal Crossing soundtrack by Mick Gordon, you know, and I just thought we absolutely need to get him on for like a track, you know. So we're really trying to push the envelope, but then the censorship Liam over here, the FC Liam, comes in and he's like, oh no, you know, we can't put, you know, you can't say on a fucking song. And I said, I'll say if I want. He said, no, 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 you can't say. Anyway, we bleeped out the c- now you can't hear it. <laughs> you want me to bleep out those? Yeah, definitely bleep out cunt. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, fucking I'm keeping it. Can't be bothered editing this shit. Yeah. I think I think we've pretty much re- uh, re- resigned to this is the demo at this point. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, nah, this I I felt this has been all right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You know it you know it's always good when you reflect on the episode in the episode. <laughs> Yeah, you know things. You know things are going good when it's getting meta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's full circle. We started off meta talking about why we did this and and what we're doing and who we are, and we're ending it meta by talking about this and talking about who we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's funny. Nah. Oh yeah, we're talking about um, music that we'll be making and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's been weird. I've been making yeah lots of electronic beats. I've been making new reside stuff. I've been Making fuck off heavy stuff. The only thing I haven't been doing is 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 doing the is doing the last place stuff. But you you've been, you've been writing. So, yeah, you got that covered as well. So we got like what we got five tracks so far. Yeah, I, I wrote Aquasun the other day. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll be. I mean, I'm keen for that. I'm keen to see the reception on yeah, that. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wrote Promise Everything uh, like two weeks ago as well. Yeah, yeah, it was all right, you know. Yeah. I'm really doing... It was, it was, I'm doing well with that album. I'm just going to bang through it track by track, you know, and keep writing the tracks because <laughs> I, re- I reckon that they've done well before. So, you know, if I put them out again, then they'll probably yeah. be great, eh? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, put out, we'll put out our, our best single, Hole, 
<laughs> God, that was the fir- that was the first song we covered as a band. That was that was that was uh, the song that really solidified you, me, and Saleh in a in a rehearsal room. Hey, at least before Reside was a thing. And if anyone's listening to this that was at a gig where we've covered uh, Hole, go drop like a letter bomb or some hate mail in my la- mailbox. It's uh, yeah. come by, just get it done. <laughs> Fuck me, I can't, I can't leave that in there. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't let you put your actual... <laughs> they didn't know it was my actual address till you outed me. <laughs> yeah. Nah. They would have found out. But yeah, someone would have pushed the barrel, the button. <laughs> but no, <laughs> Hole was the first song that we did cover as a band, you're that right. Is, that is, <laughs> that was a major sidetrack. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was like the time, that was basically, I feel like that was almost the genesis of Reside, like without it actually being the genesis, like, yeah, well, it was... The first time that we played it was you, me and Saleh in that room in Box Hill, uh, the lighting lab or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Back, um, back when you could smoke inside, what a time. <laughs> that was, that was the first time, that was the first Basement song I'd ever heard too. That was my introduction to Basement. That was my introduction to Basement as well, and I fucking fell in love from that. And I know that they're not like I, heaps your jam, but I definitely no. Well, I, that's it, we've said this in conversations, but I, I love I love Color Me and Kindness, and I love Promise Everything. I haven't actually listened to the first first album, the one that's before Color Me and Kindness. Uh, I wish I could stay uh, here. Yeah, I haven't listened to that album. I'm a poser. I know, <laughs> um, but I I didn't really I I didn't think much of the 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 last album to be honest. But like, I'm not saying it was bad. It was. Probably really good for what it was. I just didn't particularly enjoy it. Wasn't emo um, enough for me. That's the thing. I needed. Yeah. I needed my sadness fix. And on Promise Everything, they perfectly towed the line between like uh, pop sensibility for a punk song and emo. And then in this, it was just a bit more. They, they dialed in the pop sensibility a bit more. I feel, which is like good. It was decent songwriting, but I was just like, I'm not getting my fix from this. I um, it'll probably be okay to say this because it'll be out. Uh, by the time, if this, I mean, this is probably not coming out anyway, so, <laughs> but, um, this, uh, movement's coming out tomorrow. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. In well, two hours. Not, not, not the album, um, single, Skin to Skin. Nice, um, nice. Which is very cool for them. It's a cool song. Shout out, movement. I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's got a video or not, but, shout out. Uh, I, you just said emo, and I was like, yeah, movements. Shout out. <laughs> no, there's no shout outs in this show. Like, fuck shout outs. <laughs> yeah. <and fuck laughs> you gotta earn your shout out. No. And fuck movements. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I say that That's, in jest. I say that in jest. I love in movements. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, uh, I, my timer just went off. Yeah, so, so that probably just about wraps it up then. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, this was a bit of fun. I had fun. So um, hopefully we'll do this again. Yeah. Um, get get some more get some more peeps on. Get some more friends on. I think this went well. I think we could do this. Yeah, yeah. I think we could even release this if we bleep out some of the things I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time. Um, I've been Liam and... And I'll remain Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I don't know what this is going to be called, but... uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. So...